Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Well, I promised you we were going to talk about some of the new laws for California for 2023 and beyond. Today, we're going to talk about SB 1162. This is the law that has increased the responsibilities for employers with 100 or more employees in terms of the pay data reporting they need to make to the California Civil Rights Department, formerly the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, and this new pay scale requirement for job postings. Now, the pay scale requirement only applies to employers with 15 or more employees. That's anywhere, by the way, not just in California. So if you're a smaller employer, you're not going to have to worry about including um, pay scales in job postings. But remember, there was a law that was effective last year about providing pay scales to current employees. So it's important to understand your obligations and responsibilities in this area. Now, the first thing that comes up here about pay scales, of course, is what is a pay scale? And what I want you all to understand is there were some current laws on the books already that define some of these terms, but a pay scale is really about the range of compensation that the employer reasonably expects to pay for a position. And the pay scales are going to be fluid, right? Because in a market like we have right now, where it's hard to hire people, and we have a lot of of openings, and we're doing our best to try to compete and get the best people in the door, we are going to be paying more, right? We're going to be probably paying not only higher compensation, but giving additional benefits, whether it's additional time off or access to a gym or... Um, extra reimbursement for a cell phone beyond what you're required to do, whatever that may be, you're going to be thinking about what can I do to bring the right people in this organization and, of course, to keep the right people once they're here. Now, when you talk about pay scales and pay data reporting, the point of these laws is pay transparency, okay? So it's hard for someone to argue that there aren't pay disparities out there in the workplace, right? Women are often paid less, people of color are often paid less, and it's been institutionalized, right? This is something that we've had for years and years and years, and depending on what survey you look at, we may or may not be making progress. The point of these pay transparency laws is to say, look, We want everyone to know what they're supposed to be making so that the employer can't pull a fast one, right? The employer can't say, hey, you know what? I know what they made at that other place and it was so low. So let's just pay her less. So in other words, let's further the pay disparity, right? By just paying this individual less than we would have to pay somebody else. So that's the point of pay transparency, whether it's The data that these larger employers are having to report, remember it's 100 or more employees anywhere, um, you're going to have to report that to the California Civil Rights Department. And it's the same thing with the pay scales. Now, a couple of questions come up. First of all, when we post a pay scale, are we just posting the actual salary or hourly rate? Yeah, that is what the pay scale is defined as. Now, if you're trying to attract people to your organization, you may say, you know, $25 to $30 an hour, depending on experience, plus 
potential bonuses, incentives, and other benefits, right? You can spell it out in a way that is going to be more attractive and is going to make people feel like they want to come work with you, but your scale has to be accurate. Now, there is a tendency on pay scales to want to have them be bigger, right? If I give myself a lot of leeway, then anybody will fall into this pay scale. I get it. Here's the problem. If you have a big pay, a big pay range, right? How do you defend why candidate A came in at X dollars and candidate B came in at Y dollars? So you can say past experience, but you have to be able to justify the $11,000 difference or the $25,000 difference in a way that is not based on prior salary because you know you cannot require an applicant or candidate to provide you information about their current or prior salary or hourly rate. And that is not based on a protected category like sex or race or national origin. So when you talk about a pay scale, it can't just be this willy-nilly thing that you throw out there, right? It needs to be something that's, okay, I think it's reasonable that I'm gonna pay between X and Y. And then you have to realize that if you go out of that pay scale, you just expanded your pay scale, right? So yes, you can hire above your pay scale, but now you have a different pay scale. So just understand that, right? Now, one of the things to think about when you're talking about pay scales is to use this opportunity to also look at your job titles and the duties, right? Are the job titles and the duties consistent with what you need right now? Remember, when people are hired into a job, they're expected to keep learning. They're expected to keep acquiring skills that will make them better and better at that job. And a lot of times these days, that's going to include technology, right? What, what can they do in using technology to be able to meet the needs of their organization, their employer? So you want to make sure that your job titles, your job postings, your duties or your duty statements, job descriptions, that they're very up to date in terms of what you need now. And if you have employees who are not able to do what you need, that is not a compensation issue. That doesn't mean you create a new category of employee and create a new pay scale for that person at a lower rate. That is a performance issue. We hold them accountable. We say, look, what training do you need? What coaching do you need? What mentoring do you need to make this happen, right? Because we're in a situation where you're not keeping up with the times. You're not doing what we need here. And do you need to be careful about age discrimination? Sure. You know, you don't want to say, well, it's been so long since you went to college, I wouldn't expect you to know this. No. We're rolling out a new initiative. It's going to require new technology. If you want training, this is how you can get the training. You choose what you want to do, right? So when we talk about pay scales, it's important to understand what's behind the requirement, what the legislature was trying to do, right? They're trying to achieve some form of pay transparency. They want to ensure that we're being fair when we make employment compensation decisions, whether for new applicants and candidates or for current employees. So you need to get pay scales in order if you have 15 or more employees by January 1, 2023. And then you need to realize that they're going to change because you're going to get a new idea about a duty or you're now going to find out what your competitors are paying right? Because they have to post a pay scale too. 
So you may decide that you're under or over market and you need to adjust. But remember that the pay scale is what you reasonably believe you're going to pay that person for that job. Okay. So there's a lot of process work to be done here to get ready for January 1 to make sure that you've got a pay scale for all of these positions. Also, I want to remind you, there are some significant penalties for non-compliance in this area. It's not just going to be a hand slap. So there are up to $10,000 in civil penalties and a number of other things that the government can do. So they're not messing around on this one. You've got to provide the pay scale, publish this pay scale when necessary and upon request. Now, understand that I have to be applying for a position before I'm entitled to the pay scale, okay? So that's important too, because I don't get to just go into my office tomorrow and say, oh, I want the pay scale for the CEO. Well, that job isn't open and we're not recruiting for it. So if that's the case, we're not going to have to give anybody a pay scale for that job, except the current CEO, right, who wants to know what their pay scale is. Of course, they're going to know what that is. So when you look at pay scales, I want you to, number one, remember that they should be relatively narrow. Number two, they should be tailored to the duties and the job uh, that they apply to, right? So you want to make sure everything sort of makes sense and is consistent. And then you've got to have a comp team who is prepared to handle the fluctuations in the scales, who's prepared to handle the requests for the pay scales. There's gonna be a lot going on here with this law. Now, remember that the Civil Rights Department has said that they are gonna issue some regulations regarding uh, this new law. I wouldn't expect them before the end of the year. I think it's gonna be next year before we see those. And there's always a comment period. So you all will have a chance to look at their proposed regulations and, and give your feedback and your opinion on them. But until we get those regulations, we think it's pretty important to take a conservative approach here because there are such significant civil penalties and also, of course, potential of a private attorney general's act claim, a PAGA claim. And in California, as unfortunately many of you probably know, those are very expensive. They almost always end up in settlement with the employer paying way more than they wanted to or should have to. So there is a lot going on in terms of how we're going to avoid liability for these pay scales. So I think it, it, it's really important to just get your ducks in a row right now. Like, let's not wait for the regulations. Let's not try to figure out if somehow this law could be overturned, as people have asked me. I just don't see any basis for that. It, it's certainly burdensome for employers, but I don't see where it crosses any legal line at this point. Now, there may be an argument that somebody makes that I'll buy down the road, but right now I'm not seeing it. So I want to encourage all of you to really get organized, figure out what you're going to do with the job duties, figure out what you're going to do with the job titles, look at what you're paying. Is it appropriate? Have you upped compensation in, in one area without doing so in another? So you have a little bit of a problem. That's what you've got to look at. So it's very important as an HR executive or a member of an HR team or personnel team to think about this globally and to think about it strategically. 
SB 1162 requires some strategy. It requires some planning. It requires some decision-making. And you really need to do that now before we get too much closer to January 1, 2023. It's not that you can't do it after the deadline, but I want you all to be in compliance as much as possible. Again, remember current law says that current employees can ask about those pay scales. So many of you probably already have pay scales available. You just wanna think about how ready they are for, for prime time, right? Do you want those pay scales to be published and to be out there to the general public? That's the part that we're gonna to have to be thinking about. And that's where the strategy part of this really comes into play. Certainly pay transparency, I think is something that all of us can get on board with and we can all understand the importance of it. Sometimes the process that the government uses to get there can be a little overly burdensome or a little confusing. So I understand when you read this new law, it really is confusing and there's a lot going on, but I want you to, to keep in mind the rationale, why are we doing what we're doing? And what can you do as an organization to really make sure that you are compliant? That's really what you wanna look at when it comes to these pay scales. And of course, also to your, to your pay data reporting if you're a covered employer. Thank you all so much for joining us here today. I know I often add a lot of things to your to-do list, but I only do it because I want you to be in front of things. So prioritize, do what you can, and remember that it's just one step at a time, right? You can only do what you can do, but it's a great idea to have a list of those things that actually need to be done so you can start knocking them off one by one. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.